Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. all-new season of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. This season, we dive into the most horrific unsolved murders in history. From the Black Dahlia murder to the unsolved murder of the Lady of the Dunes. Join us every Tuesday on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we thank you for listening. In 2005, just three years after New York Magazine named Jeffrey Epstein an international money man of mystery, Allegations that the financier had engaged in sex acts with minors began to surface. Investigators quickly realized that this was not an ordinary crime. Today, we will look at how Epstein continuously evaded accountability for his crimes for over a decade, until the moment he was truly shit out of luck. Jeffrey Epstein was born on January 20th, 1953, in Brooklyn, New York. Notably good with numbers, Epstein joined the math team at Lafayette High School, briefly studying math and physics at both Cooper Union and NYU, but never received a degree. Instead, by the mid-70s, he began teaching calculus and physics at the Dalton School, an expensive private school in New York City. According to The Guardian, Epstein was known for wearing a fur coat, gold chains, and an open shirt that exposed his chest. And at least once, he showed up at a high school party where his students were drinking. He paid persistent attention to girls in the hallways and in his classroom, which was so disconcerting. Some students later recalled it left an impression that lingered for decades. Though he was never really formally accused of sexual misconduct, one student felt so uncomfortable with him, they reported his behavior to a school official. Ultimately, he was let go from the staff due to poor performance. Working at the prestigious school had its benefits. According to Vanity Fair, three of his students, he also became connected to powerful students. One, who was Ace Greenberg, a legendary trader and a senior partner of Bear Stearns, a company that targeted men exactly like Epstein. They didn't need to have the pedigree, they just needed to be PSD, poor, smart, and deeply desirous to get rich quick. In 1976, Epstein was hired as a junior assistant. By 1980, just four years after he had gotten into the business, he was made a senior partner. 
Epstein quickly acquired a bevy of personal clients as well. And by 1981, he left Bear Stearns to open his own wealth management firm called J. Epstein & Company. His business operated slightly differently than the rest of the industry. He refused to take any client who didn't have at least $1 billion in assets and acted as their financial architect who controlled all investments, tax strategies, and philanthropic endeavors. Epstein charged a flat free, never taking commissions or percentages, but demanded power of attorney to control his client's entire fortune. By some estimates, even if his annual management fee was 0.5%, one count worth $15 billion, would yield him $75 million a year alone. He had about 20 accountants to keep numbers on track, 150 employees for administrative duties, and several beautiful female assistants to keep his schedule tight. But no one except him could manage or analyze the accounts. He made every investment decision by himself. In addition to his clients, Epstein collected friends he wanted to keep close, often men with political power or in the sciences. For example, he built his Santa Fe home after spending time with Nobel Prize winning physicist Murray Gell-Mann, who was chair, co-chair of the science board at the Santa Fe Institute at the time. Gerald Edelman, another Nobel Prize winner who managed the Neurosciences Institute, said that at one point Epstein was giving them $20 million a year, likely in, in exchange to visit and ask scientific and philosophical questions. Most infamously, though, were Epstein's targeted political connections. Some say he worked especially hard to get close to Bill Clinton and future President Donald Trump. If you, uh, Trump said of Epstein in 2002, I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women, as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. No doubt about it, Jeffrey enjoys his social life. But for several decades, Epstein had been romantically linked to Ghislaine Maxwell, the daughter of British media mogul Robert Maxwell, who had her own townhouse a few blocks away from his in New York. The heiress was known as a socialite, party girl with friends in all stratospheres as high as British royalty. Many postulated that despite their connection, their relationship was largely platonic, mainly due to Epstein's dedication to his bachelor lifestyle. Journalist David Patrick Columbia said of the pair, it's a mysterious relationship that they have. In one way they are soulmates, yet they are hardly companions anymore. It's a nice conventional relationship where they serve each other's purposes. But Epstein wasn't just a playboy, and Maxwell, a lovesick groupie. Anyone in Epstein's orbit may have been pulled into the enormous gravity of his alleged heinous crimes, which all began to unravel in March 2005, when a 14-year-old girl confessed to her parents that something terrible had happened to her. Those parents went to the police with their story. Their daughter had been molested by Jeffrey Epstein in his Palm Beach mansion. When she was brought in for questioning, she told authorities she had been brought there by two other girls, and when those girls were brought in, they pointed to, <coughs> pointed to two more girls who had done the same thing to them. Detectives soon identified dozens of victims, all female minors, who all told a similar story. They arrived in a taxi to Epstein's Palm Beach waterfront estate and were brought through a side door into a kitchen where they might be offered a snack before they were shepherded upstairs to the master bedroom where Epstein lied in wait. One of his victims, Courtney Wilde, who was only 14 years old when she was assaulted by Epstein, said of his strategy, 
Jeffrey preyed on girls who were, who were in a bad way, girls who were basically homeless. He went after girls who he thought no one would listen to. He was right. The girls, who were mostly between the ages of 13 and 16, were largely brought to Epstein's home. By other victims, who had been promised large sums of money to recruit new girls for him, essentially creating a massive cult-like pyramid scheme so he could romantically rape underage girls in his Palm Beach mansion. Sometimes as often as three times a day, as lawsuits were filed by dozens of victims, Epstein invoked his Fifth Amendment right to remain silent rather than self-incriminate over 200 times during depositions. By the time Epstein's 53-page federal indictment was served, with a laundry list of crimes perpetrated against about 40 teenage girls in any normal circumstance, he would have been looking at a life sentence and federal prison. But despite confirmed credibility of the accusations and support of investigators, Epstein may have used his power and influence to lessen the outcome of the charges against him. In 2007, over a breakfast meeting conducted at the Marriott in West Palm Beach, Epstein's legal team managed to negotiate an unusually generous plea deal with the U.S. Attorney Alex Acosta, Miami's top prosecutor and the chief federal law enforcement official in the district. At the time, Epstein was represented by Jay Lefkowitz, a former colleague of Acosta's from a prestigious Washington, D.C. law firm some years before. According to the unprecedented non-prosecution agreement, Epstein pled guilty to two counts of soliciting prostitution. Spencer Kirvin, who represented the girl in question, said to the outcome, she was taken advantage of twice, first by Epstein and then by the criminal justice system. Under Acosta's deal, Epstein was sentenced to serve just 13 months in a Florida County jail. Unlike any convicted sex offenders, Epstein was placed in a private wing at the Palm Beach County Jail instead of a state prison. Rather than being kind, confined to a cell, the sheriff's office gave him release privileges to work in his Lux office in West Palm Beach, giving him the ability to leave the jail six days a week for 12 hours a day. Epstein's limo would often pick him up from the prison as early as 7.15, and some days he was not dropped off until almost 11 p.m. At the time, the Sheriff's Department's official policy ruled explicitly that sex offenders did not qualify for work release. Acosta also allowed another unprecedented stipulation that was in direct violation of federal law, as ruled by a federal judge in 2019. The victims would not be informed of the deal. During the time, the case was sealed. The extent of his alleged crimes from 2001 to 2005 including the number of girls he assaulted and any information on co-conspirators were lost in the legal limbo. Not even the victims were privy to that information. Local authorities have referred Epstein's case to the FBI. But with the plea deal, some have criticized that Acosta had also effectively halted their extensive ongoing probe. Many believe this was meant to protect any influential men who might have had sex with underage girls while with Epstein at one of his properties. In 2017, while Acosta was being nominated to be Secretary of Labor under the Trump administration, a position that directly impacted the labor laws related to human trafficking, he was questioned about his choices in Epstein's case, to which he said, at the end of the day, based on the evidence, professionals with the prosecutor's office decided that a plea that guarantees someone goes to jail, that guarantees he registered as a sex offender, generally guarantees other outcomes is a good thing. 
2018, the secret that was absolutely not a secret, despite the best efforts of a few powerful men, was out again. Julie K. Brown wrote a scolding investigative expose in the Miami Herald that put forth allegations once again that Epstein had molested or sexually abused what they now believe to be about 80 girls between 2001 and 2006. The article put Epstein in the hot seat again, and this time he couldn't wiggle out of it. Certain his crimes could not be exclusive to his home in Palm Beach, investigators in New York City took up the case, and on July 6, 2019, Epstein was arrested. Just two days later, Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office issued federal charges against Epstein for the sexual trafficking of minors. The allegations would also extend to his friend Ghislaine Maxwell as one of Epstein's recruiters. Upon his indictment in early July, Epstein pleaded not guilty to all allegations that he had sexually exploited and abused dozens of minors in the early 2000s. At his home in Manhattan. Thank you for listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Follow us on Twitter at True Crime NS. Like us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps. Send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash true crime never sleeps slash message. Tune in next week for an all new episode. Manhattan federal court judge Richard Berman said of Epstein's case, the government has established danger to others and to the community by clear and convincing evidence. I doubt that any bail package can overcome a danger to community. After being denied bail, Epstein was returned to the Metropolitan Correctional Center in Lower Manhattan. At 6.30 a.m. on the morning of July 23, 2019, Epstein was found dead in his cell. The New York Medical Examiner officially ruled the death a suicide by hanging. Reportedly, Epstein had injuries on his neck from unidentified sources that some believe may have been self-inflicted in relation to suicide, but others have not ruled out assault by another inmate. Many have since criticized the prison for their careless treatment of a man who needed the strictest supervision, in part because of how it impacts his victims. On July 2, 2020, Maxwell was arrested on charges related to the sexual trafficking of minors and is currently in prison awaiting trial. The women Epstein tormented still await any form of justice for the sick abuse that was perpetrated unto them. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.